Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Today's first cast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash almighty. That's audibletrial.com slash A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y. Over 180,000 titles to choose from. Access them right on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Wanna do bad things. That's real, yo. That's real at all, man. The more money you make, the more problems you get. And jealousy and envy is, is something that comes with the territory, man. A lot of people, it's just negative energy, like my man Puff said. What country you from? What? What ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what? What? English, mother do you speak it? Man, you've been doing all this dope producing, you ain't had a chance to show them what time it is. So what you want me to do? Welcome to the Spurs cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast. Congratulations, you have arrived at episode 432 of the Spurs cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. I'm your host, Ryan McCallum, fresh off of a plane and landed here just in time to call up my good buddy, Jose Grijalva. Jose, how you doing, man? Uh, good. It's Friday uh, for us, so, uh, well, it's gonna. I think it's going to, might get released the same day, right? So it's Friday, uh, leg day, shoulder day, and arms this week, so... I'm ready. I'm ready to pass out. Well, I hope you're ready for some Phoenix, man, because I just got my my little cheap Phoenix Suns ticket. I'm sitting in the roof at what is it, Walking Stick Casino? Is it Walking Stick talking or Talking Stick? Stick? Talking, yeah, talking, talking Stick. Stick Casino Resort Arena Hotel. I don't know what. You know what's odd is how can they have an arena named after a casino? Doesn't that seem counterintuitive to what the NBA was what, just a major sports franchise aligning with gambling. Doesn't that just seem odd? Not at all. Not okay. at all. All right. Thanks for, thanks for jumping into conversation with me so easily today on a Friday, man, you're supposed to kick it. We're supposed to be positive and going to the weekend, just feeling all happy that we got along. Finally. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I was used to recording like three or two a week. Now it's just one lonely one, lonely one a week. Oh, but then the kids. I mean, we, we have our first game on Monday, so uh, we're pretty. They're excited. I'm dead nervous. You know, a lot, during the summer league, I wanted to throw up. I was so nervous because I mean, it's it, it's all on me. You know, it's all. If if they win, it's them. But if we lose, it's me. So now I know how Pop feels. He probably throws up before every game too. Yeah, I, I wouldn't doubt it one bit. Um, hey, man, so we're going to do a pretty quick podcast today. Uh, we got to give the fans what they want heading into the weekend, but I don't have a whole lot of time. You don't have a whole lot of time, uh, so we'll try to bang this one out. This is 432, man. We, we were talking just before That's the show. That's bang. We, uh, right? Um, so we're going pretty quick through these. 432, that's a whole lot of podcasting. Yeah, I, it was just yesterday where we, we were at 420. That's uh, that's right. That's right. Yesterday for you. Yeah. Uh, well, today is going to be easy because we're there's not much Spurs news. Uh, the trade deadline has passed. We'll talk a little bit about some of the meaningful trades, um, some former Spurs that are on the move, how it shapes up in the West, and some power rankings and and things like that. But you know, if I start looking at the the trades that didn't happen, um, you know, I, I would I would land on Paul George. We talk about Carmelo Anthony. Uh, we talked about Derrick Rose, Jimmy Butler. These guys were all supposed to get traded, right? And we were supposed to see uh, some some kind of a new mix out there in the East. And we really didn't see a lot of that. We saw a lot of secondary-level players move around. Carmelo Anthony, despite all the drama, uh, he's still there at 32 years old, still with the New York Knicks. Uh, his buddy, his little buddy Derrick Rose supposed to go, uh, was supposed to go play for his old coach, Tom Thibodeau, in Minnesota, which I don't really get how that was gonna gonna mess i'm sure he'd be fine with tom thibodeau but how does that really help carl anthony towns and the development of that whole crew Um, i liked it i I was actually hoping for that because then you could just take him off the books and then you have so much cap that i it might entice a big league a big league name wait you like you like it from minnesota's perspective or you like it from new york's perspective minnesota Oh, they they need to get rid of Ricky Rubio for whatever, whoever. I mean, it was going to be an expiring deal for Derrick Rose. So, I mean, that's, you know, what he's going to be off the books. Lots of cap space. Okay, well, we, we'll debate that one. But uh, Jimmy Butler, who, you know, it's surprising. Jimmy Butler's 27 years old. Somehow he got to be 27 years old. Um, it seems like that snuck up on us. And, he, and there was rumors that he was going to go over to Boston for, you know, some players and that Brooklyn pick. Uh, that didn't happen. And then Paul George, I, you know, that's one that I didn't quite expect to hear, uh, or I didn't, I didn't expect going into the trade deadline that there was going to be some buzz about Paul George. And I don't know why, because after all of the reports uh, about the, the Paul George rumor to L.A. or possibly to Boston, it started to make a ton of sense. He's indicated that he wants to stay in Indiana, um, but let's be real, right? So he, he's probably on his way out at the end of this uh uh, at the end of his current of his current deal, so and he's only 26 years old. Paul George, I I was surprised that he didn't move. Out of all of these other guys, Paul George, um, I was surprised he didn't move. After all the the reporting that came out within like a day of the trade deadline, uh, it made just a ton of sense. What do you think about Paul George staying in Indiana? Uh, it, it, I mean, 
if I'm if I'm Indiana, I just move him. He's kind of made it clear he's not going to resign there. Mm-hmm. They're not really going to get better. It's not really the most attractive place to go to. Uh, a lot a lot of the names that went there are either from Indiana, like uh, you know George Hill when he was there. I mean, he was happy to go in that trade. Uh, they get traded, or you know, they it, it's or they're drafted there. So um, they're homegrown talent. I don't think he just wants to be there anymore. It's not going to get better. So I would have traded him to anybody where you can get the best possible offer uh, i know he apparently he wants to go to the lakers the lakers really weren't going to offer him that much uh maybe they you know a few starters maybe the young contracts if they can absorb uh the majority of the deal but uh i, I just think that you know having him stay was a bad decision to have paul george stay yeah and it's probably going to cost larry larry bird his job i think you think so? Really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, he, positively. So he's one of those executives where I, I think he's just getting by in reputation alone because they really haven't made very positive moves. I mean, historically, right? I mean, what, what's the, the move that they got rid of Kawhi Leonard, right? And that and that turned into you know Kawhi wasn't Kawhi at the time, but you moved away from the rights of Kawhi Leonard. You get um, uh, shoot, I just lost his name. What's the guy's name? You just said his name. I don't know why from IUP. Uh, Paul George. No, not oh, George Hill. George Hill, gosh. Um, I don't know what's going on in my head today. Uh, yeah, George Hill. And so you get George Hill, then George Hill moves on. You get Paul George kind of by default. But you haven't drafted well. Uh, you know, you lose your coach. You replace your coach. You say that you want an um, offensive-minded coach, and so you replace him with a defensive a defensive-minded coach, and then you want an offensive-minded coach, so you replace it, that guy with a defensive-minded coach. Um. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, I guess I could see your point how Larry Bird could could lose his job. Yeah, and I mean, do you do they really want to be? I, I think it's because they don't want to be the franchise that fired Larry Bird. I think it, you know they, they want him to step down. I guess. I mean, I have Magic Johnson on the Lakers now, so uh, I mean, it's gonna. I hope they don't treat it like a feud, you know. So sort of like where they're going to be talking deals and all that. So, but we'll see. I, I think he is gone though. Yeah. Well, we move on. I mean, the big news is DeMarcus Cousins. I don't think we talked about this, right? DeMarcus Cousins moving down to New Orleans. Uh, in fact, I know we didn't. That dude's only 26 years old. And the other guy in that deal that nobody's really talking about is Omri Caspi, who's a very serviceable uh, player. He's now down in New Orleans. I hate the fact that New Orleans had to give up Buddy Heald to make this happen. But they basically got DeMarcus Cousins for nobody. And then you're pairing DeMarcus Cousins there with Anthony Davis – and, you know, I heard – it was something on ESPN, which this just pisses me off. They, they say that there's a question, like in the little ticker across the bottom, that said, it, it, could this – or is this the best big man tandem ever, right? And this is before they've ever played a game, ever. I, I don't think they've ever been on the court at the same time in any um, – you know, in, in the, the, the USA basketball or, or, or any other situation. Um they're asking the question, could this be the best big man combo of all time? That's just, it's just so presumptive to think that those two dudes can play together. Now, they don't necessarily play the same role, uh, and I think Anthony Davis is probably a little bit more flexible in position than DeMarcus Cousins is, but it just seems strange to go out on that leap. I, to me, I'm not incredibly confident in them pairing together successfully. What are your thoughts? Uh I like it. I, I think they could be dominant, but they just need the the uh, the role players around them. Uh, they're gonna have like I think eighty seven million in in uh, in cap or you know as far as the uh, how much salary they'll have on the books. Get rid of Osic Asic. What's his name? Osic. You know that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
uh, get rid of him. That's like ten million. Then you can, you can probably sign a Former big Houston time Rock. player with that. Yeah, so uh, I like it. You know, I, I think they really did that to neutralize the Warriors. It, it gives them. It, it it really it's really Spurs either light or Spurs heavy. I don't know what you'd call it because that's what the Spurs were trying to do with Pau Gasol and Lamarcus Aldridge. One guy in the paint, one guy in the perimeter. They can really play that way with both guys. So uh, I think it's going to make a you know once they get comfortable playing alongside each other, I think it's going to make a huge difference. Free they might get a free agent out of this. If I'm them, you call Chris Paul. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he's going to resign with you know if he says he's going to resign with the Clippers. You call him, you kidnap him like they did DeAndre Jordan. You play video games at somebody's house. You resign him, and they can possibly just with Chris Paul, they can possibly bump up to the third seed, fourth seed. Yeah, I, it seems you know I, I was hearing people say that you know does this make them a competitive team uh, in the West? And the answer to that is clearly no, right? I mean, it, it just they're a bad team. You added another really solid player. But somebody's got to get those dudes the ball, right? And, I mean, they're not even in the playoffs now. They're a few games back out of Denver in that eighth seed. I, I, I don't think that this is a uh, – they're not going to be successful this year, and they're, they're sort of on a timeline. So it, during the summer, there are, of course, going to be players um, in the free agent market because clearly those two together, I mean, that's, that's a pretty attractive team to go to at that point. Plus, it's New Orleans. Um, let's go a little bit to the West on I-10 and talk about your Houston Rockets, uh, getting Lou Williams from, from LA. Uh, they get rid of Corey Brewer, Brewer who I, I liked defensive, uh, player, uh, former, you know, champion in college, uh, Matt Bonner, uh, teammate and, uh, and they get in a first round pick and they send that off to, to LA and they get Lou Williams. Who's having probably the best year of his career. I don't know if they're thinking about starting Lou Williams or keeping him coming off the bench, but if they, if he comes off the bench, Houston's bench is starting to look pretty salty, man. Uh, and, you know, I've been high on Houston this whole year, maybe my whole life, but, you know, as far as free agents, or not free agency, as far as the trade deadline goes, I, I'm looking at Houston and saying, these guys won, won the trade deadline war. What, what are your thoughts on the Lou Williams going to Houston and what this does for their uh, prospects this year? Well, I, I forgot who mentioned that. I don't know if it, if it was uh, ESPN or you know NBA uh, on Facebook or Twitter. I don't remember things anymore. Uh, they, they mentioned that now the Rockets have five of the top 25 three-point shooters in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have uh, Ryan Anderson. who, If you slide to the five and then you put uh, uh, Trevor Ariza at the four and then you play Lou Williams, Eric Gordon, and then James Harden together, that's going to be such a horrible – lineup for the other team to guard mm-hmm. uh it's just scary uh i like no what they rebounds did. on that team well you don't well you don't need a rebound if you make them all right well, I so uh I, I think it's uh i i i'm scared for for the spurs i'm petrified because again the spurs are wanting to go wanted to go big and versatile these guys are going small quick and shooters and you really can't guard that maybe with the zone but you know other than that i i, I think they're going to cause trouble in the west uh, I think they really uh, – I think they can neutralize uh, the Warriors with that too. So uh, we'll see how it goes. But, I, yeah, I agree. I think they won, especially in the Southwest. I think the Southwest is getting a little scary now. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think that they – the move is obviously made to neutralize the, the Warriors. And hopefully defensively it matches up to that. And, and, you know, Clint Capella, who's their five right now in Houston, I mean, that's an athletic dude. So he can get out and run as well. Uh, and so, I mean, it, it, while he's not a three-point threat – 
it's not bad business to have Clint Capella out there on the court and then surround him with four shooters, like you said. I mean, it starts to get really, really scary. So, um, yeah, I, I am going with my early season prediction that, you know, Houston's going to be in that, you know, they're going to be the number two seed by the time that the playoffs hit. Uh, and, and I think that they won. They, you know, they also moved around some pieces for um, for their future. And, and, you know, there was more. Houston did some other things during this time. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the big thing is, is Lou Williams coming to Houston. Another former Spur, uh, or I should say the, the first former Spur that we're going to talk about, is Tiago Splitter. Uh, he went to the Spurs B team over in Atlanta and played for the Atlanta Hawks after leaving San Antonio for a couple of years. He's 32 years old now. Uh, and now he's going to Philadelphia, which uh, I thought was was really interesting, really cool opportunity for Tiago Splitter because um, you know so, some of that maturity and maybe if he if they make it if he's if he lasts in Philadelphia, which there's some rumors that he might be you know quite immediately moving on. Uh, I think that would be really good for Philadelphia to have a guy like Tiago who does all those little things there. What do you think about Tiago going to to Philly? And we're, we're going to talk about Nerlens Noel moving as well, but talk about Tiago in, in Philly and and some of those rumors about him moving around even more, maybe. Uh, well, it, it makes no sense unless they're going to buy him out. Uh, if they buy him out, I'm free agent. He could sign where you know wherever. I, I think he's still injury prone, right? Is he still hurt? Yeah, he's still hurt. I mean, he's he's always hurt, right? But if he if he plays in little doses, he's never been the guy that he was in San Antonio. But if he's playing in little doses. He's all right. I mean, he's a bench player now in his career for sure. Yeah, uh, I think he makes an interesting uh, piece maybe to Cleveland. Maybe to, you know, I think he would be very interesting in Golden State Mm -hmm. uh, if he can play that little role. You know, I'd I'd take him over Zaza any day. You know, bump Zaza Zaza down or release him, a sign splitter, uh, pair him with JaVale McGee. Uh, I think that could be dangerous with the Spurs. You know, there's been some fans talking about, you know, do we bring Tiago back? Uh, I know where you stand on this, and I and I know you're going to give your opinion on this. I would say no, uh, just because you have Deadman. Deadman sort of plays that role. I mean, if you want more passing, that's you know that's really splitter. But uh, I think they're getting comfortable with what they have right now. If they were to get anybody, I think it would have to be a more uh, versatile, uh, balanced uh, player on both sides of the ball. I never thought that they should have should have um, put in Joel Anthony into that last spot. I. I would just get rid of Joel Anthony and bring in Tiago Splitter, <laughs> a guy who could actually play in small doses uh, and, and spell minutes for some of your starters. And I, I wouldn't say take any of Deadman's minutes. I don't think that Tiago would really play that much, but for you know a couple of minutes a game, I'd rather have him in there than Joel Anthony, for sure. Uh, but maybe it doesn't even come to that. Um, the, New Orleans Noel moves on to Dallas. From Philly, so so Philly's already started to break. Well, they've always been rumored to break these guys up. Seems like Nerlens Noel's been on the trade block since the moment he was drafted, uh, but now he's gone uh, from Philly and he's in Dallas. I really like that a lot for Dallas to develop him uh, and commit to him as a part of of their future. That dude's only twenty two years old, so he's still very moldable, malleable, whatever I'm trying to say. And I think he'll do well uh, there in Dallas as they look to the future. Some people are saying that now Dallas is in a position just with Noel to compete for that 7th and 8th spot in the West. I'm not so sure of that, but uh, it certainly sets him up well for the future if you think that Noel's a good rim protector. What, what do you think about that? What was that movie called? Was it Ghost with Patrick Swayze and they were molding the clay? Uh, it was Ghost, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I just pictured Mark Cuban when you were talking about molding him since he's only like 22 years old. Um, I, you know, I like that move. I, I don't think he's an impact player. Right. I think he needs to, you know, if he can, de- if he can grow into that defensive uh, rim protector, sort of like um, Ben Wallace. Oh, I, I, I hate to compare to Ben Wallace, but sort of like Ben Wallace. You know that that guy, Dikembe Mutombo, uh, guys that you know uh, would always protect some offensive. Maybe uh, doing Sally Oops, you know, whatever they may they may run. Uh, I think it'll be good for him uh, as long as they don't really commit to him as a uh, as an impact player. You know, sort of like this is going to be part of our core, part of our big three. Uh, I think he'll be okay as long as they don't do that. Um, and another guy that is now he's this is sort of how the dominoes fall, right? So Norlin, no, God, just change his name, Norlin's Noel. That's so difficult to say. Uh, is now a Dallas Maverick, which means that Andrew Bogut is not a, a Dallas Maverick anymore. Um, he is up there in Philadelphia too, although uh, that's a very temporary spot for him. Uh, you know, I'd expect Andrew Bogut uh, to get cut, to get released, and to become a free agent. And Project Spurs' own Paul Garcia has some thoughts on Andrew Bogut and what that could potentially mean for a team like Golden State. What do you think about Andrew Bogut and his potential to play meaningful minutes for a contender yet this year? Uh, what did you mention about Golden State? Uh, if, if if Bogut gets released, he could be picked up as a free oh, yeah. agent, and potentially Golden State could be one of those destinations. Oh yeah, uh, him with Golden State is scary mm-hmm. because I mean he he's really what what they've missed from the past team. Zaza can't really play offense like him. He's not uh you know he's not a threat offensively to you know cut to the rim and you know be aggressive. So um, if you pair Bogut. Even with the whatever little ounce of offense he can bring, and you know, off the ball screens and passing, uh, with those four other guys who are starting, it, it I, I, I don't think they're beatable. You know, I, I think you sort of, you know, tank the season for who, you know, all the rest of the teams and, and try to build in the off season because it's going to be a really difficult team to defend. I have to have all those five guys. Uh, you know, there's rumors flying around that he wasn't too uh, happy about his release or his trade to Dallas. So maybe uh, the Cavs pick him up. I don't know about that one though, uh, because they don't play that same sort of style. You know, the ball sort of tends to stick with the Cavs the majority of the time. Bogut doesn't really play in a system like that. Doesn't play well in a system like that. Um, there's been some murmurings about San Antonio. I would like him in San Antonio. Uh, you know, if he plays next to LaMarcus and then have Powell come off the bench and David Lee, now you really have that offensive bench that can, you know, really uh, build up leads or bring you back into the game. They have enough offense from the perimeter players where they can do that. Uh, but I'd like him in San Antonio. We'll see how it is. But again, it's going to really diminish uh, Deadman's role, Burton's role. But this season, I think that, that'd be okay. And especially, you know, with Deadman, I, I hate to talk business in this in that way or, you know, sort of how it would affect his worth. But, I mean, if they were to bring Bogut in and you have Deadman, you know, at the end of the bench now, it would be easier to re-sign him uh, in the offseason than to really start him in the playoffs or, you know, off the bench as a first or second big. He, you know, puffs up his value and then you have to really go into uh, a big contract with that. So uh, I would like Bogut in San Antonio. Yeah, it makes a whole lot of sense. If you could sign him, you could make the money work. I didn't think about him in that starting role and having Powell come off the bench. Uh, but you're right. That just turns into a very scary offensive production. He just Would Powell do that? Um, and culturally, maybe he would. You know, I think we, we've always perceived him as the, the guy who always should have been a spur because he just seems to uh, be selfless. 
That said, I mean, I think that's a pretty tough call. He comes back from injury and then he's on the bench. But we'll see. I mean, I, I think that the Spurs, while they didn't do anything in free agency, which I still feel like they're, you know, to, to compete in the with the Warriors in the West, they had to do something. Maybe their eyes are to, to talk about the people who are going to get released and maybe go after some of those guys who are uh, like your Andrew Bogut's, like your Tiago Splitters, who potentially will get released, and some other guys too. So I think that they'll probably be pretty active in that in that regard. Um, there's been some other moves around. I don't I don't know if we'll say any of these other are, are of value. Maybe the PJ Tucker thing. Uh, PJ Tucker from your Phoenix Suns uh, is going up to Toronto, and that makes Toronto even more competitive. Of course, they just got Serge Ibaka uh, from the Orlando Magic. I think maybe two three weeks ago. I think it was Valentine's Day actually, uh, and so so that makes Toronto even more competitive. Is your impression Toronto's just going all in this year? It's like 2017 or bust. Do you think that P.J. Tucker is a nice addition? Do you think Serge Ibaka and you think the two players that they have up there now, does that put them in true competition with the Cavaliers this year? I mean, Cavs are kind of um, maybe not as healthy as, as we thought they were. I mean, there's, you don't know what Kevin Love's going to be like. He should be fine, but you don't know that. Um, J.R. Smith... I can't even remember what his injury was, but he's been gone all year. It's like a broken hand or something, I think. Um, and uh, and so he'll be coming back, but you don't really know what you have there. There's been talk of Amon Shumpert getting getting cut, and and originally it was him getting moved, but you just don't know what the, what the chemistry is with the Cavaliers. So a couple of questions for you in my very long winded you know statement here is is Cleveland are they vulnerable? And is Toronto loading up to take them out this year? Uh, I think this is their best chance. And I don't blame them because they've had really essentially the same team. They've changed some role players. You know, they brought in Scola, which I think they realized was a horrible decision uh, in the past. So, I mean, they tried to change the role players and it just didn't work. I think they sort of got the hint that they need impact players, you know, once they – Really try to clamp down on, on DeRozan and Lowry. You know who's going to step up? That might be Ibaka now because again he can drag a, a big outside of the paint. If he, you know, since he can shoot the threes nowadays, uh, PJ Tucker is an offensive player. He can really take the burden off of those guys on a nightly basis. And again, it's just going to—they—they—they they, they really succeeded in this trade because now they're harder to guard. And I think that's really one of the things that. Uh, people overlook in trades like this. You know, they, they'll look at the player and they'll say, you know, he's really good, but he's he's not going to make that much of an impact. I think PJ Tucker is going to make an impact, a really big impact, because it's going to take the burden off of those guys. I don't think it, it'll be, you know, a big four or a big, or a big three. But again, it's going to be enough to really, uh, you know, neutralize the defense and whatever they try to do. So I, I think they're going to give the Cavs trouble. I think it could go to seven games now, bro. I, I do too. I, I thought even with Toronto winning, I think they have a chance. No. I'll call it. Toronto's going to win. One of you guys had Toronto coming out of the East this year. Was that probably. you? Yeah, it was probably. probably you. Uh, that that would make sense. Well, you know, new power rankings are out. Uh, Bleacher Report power rankings will go ten to one. This is post trade deadline, and what I think is really interesting is this are the last two spots on this list. OKC is actually ranked number ten, and this is Bleacher Report, right? So. Uh, take that with a grain of salt. But OKC is supposedly the 10th best team in the NBA. Uh, and number nine in front of them is Toronto. Do you sort of agree with that? Do you think Oklahoma City is the 10th best squad in the NBA? Well, it's all Westbrook. I'd believe it. I mean, he's been playing at an insane level. Now they got Taj Gibson. Mm-hmm. Um, they got McDermott. 
So, uh, you know, again, it, it they're going to be harder to guard, and I think that's why they also succeeded in that. They brought in some uh, offensive players. They still have that, that defensive presence in the paint with uh, Adams. So, mm-hmm. um, I, I like it. coming I, back. Yeah, well... Have you noticed that he doesn't really make that much of an impact? I mean, I know he does, especially off the bench uh, last season, but he's not really the guy or, you, uh, you know, for his height and his ability, mm-hmm. he's not really that much of an impact player. And that that's really disappointing. As a 5'5 guy, I would kill to have the uh, the blessed offensive skills and the height and all I that. I thought that you were going to say his mustache. You're going to be blessed to have his Oh, mustache. I can grow a better one. Um, I just don't. He's definitely – his game from Utah is not translated to Oklahoma City. That's for sure. Uh, all that said, I, I think he's a terrific role player. He's not the man. Uh, he's not a star. I, I would never say that Cantor's part of any kind of like big three or anything like and on any team, uh, let alone Oklahoma City. But uh, he's a serviceable player. I mean, I wouldn't mind having him in San Antonio for sure. Who Cantor? Oh, uh, no, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I think I'd I'd be happy with David Lee. Over Kenner at well, this point. Well, yeah, no doubt. I was thinking like Deadman. I, yeah, I like David. I mean, David Lee's my you know pick of the week, <laughs> just every week. I mean, I think David Lee's phenomenal for the things that he does, and we've talked about that at length. Uh, number eight on their rankings is Utah, which I I agree with that. Utah's a, a solid team this I year. I think that's pretty low. Uh, you think? It, what do you mean low? Like they should be higher on the? They should. Be yeah, eight. I think they should be higher. Okay, what, where would you have them? Well, read out the rest, and I'll tell you. Uh, Clippers are seventh. Boston is sixth. This one I don't agree with. Houston's fifth. Washington is fourth. Cleveland's third. The Spurs doing nothing in, on uh, trade deadline by trade deadline. They're number two, and of course the Warriors are number one. Oh, this is trade deadline, right? I yeah. thought you were talking about offense. Well, no, this is the power ranking. So oh, after, power rank? after the trade deadline. So this isn't performance of uh, during the during the trade deadline this is their power rankings with their new team can you tell it's friday for me uh yeah uh i i mean i agree with you, you I should, apologize and jazz. To all should be the higher than you should, should be higher than boston yeah should be higher than boston i i agree with that yeah it's very strange i mean the, well the rockets are uh higher than boston they're fifth boston sixth I, I, the, the Wizards. I, I mean, Houston's better than the Wizards. Oh, Wizards, yeah. Yeah, Houston's better than the Wizards for sure. Um, uh, there's no doubt in my mind. I, I think that Houston's right on the heels of San Antonio. Uh, and San Antonio being ranked second, I'd, I'd have Houston at three or four. It's tough to say, oh, let's kick Cleveland out of, I mean, the defending champs, right? It's tough to say, let's kick them out of that third spot. But, man, Houston is right there in that mix for sure. And they only got better, uh, you know, after trade deadline. I think Washington is riding a pretty hot streak. Um, they're a good team. They're a good Eastern Conference team, no doubt. Um, but, I mean, come on. Houston's better than them, for sure. Uh, I, I think that um, San Antonio being second is probably appropriate, having done nothing. Uh, what do you think? Do you agree with that? I mean, San Antonio is the second-best team in the NBA. Uh, second-best team in the NBA? Well, who's – no, I, I, I'd i have to say third. I, I would still put the Cavs better than them, and I would still put uh, Golden State better than them. So you have so your order would be Golden State, Cleveland, San Antonio, Houston. Yeah, and then Utah. And then Utah. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's. Uh, I, I you know what I was thinking? It, wouldn't it be interesting if Darren Williams went back to Utah? No, I don't care no? about Darren Williams. Well, just trying to give him some <laughs> airtime. Uh, I just that dude's a loser, man. Like uh, he's no good. He's no good at all. I mean, what would it be interesting? Like the storyline that he went to Utah, he hated Utah. 
He was his best in Utah, though. There's Maybe no, it's the air there. Yeah, but that best was 10 years ago. Maybe it was Jerry Sloan. Who knows? Maybe. I'm going to go with that. Uh, let's go. Well, here's another interesting fact. Out of that top 10, and I thought this was kind of kind of unique, but the top 10, if you looked at it from uh, you know, Western Conference, Eastern Conference, the West has six teams in the top 10, and the East has four. That's a little bit more even than what I had anticipated. You know, I thought that the the West, it would just be more Western Conference dominant. I, I could see Boston. I just didn't really even consider Washington at all. I think that's sort of the outlier here for me. Out of the East, you could see Cleveland. Um, you could see Boston. And obviously, you could see Toronto uh, there being the top three. But I just didn't think that Washington was a... I mean, I could see them being a top ten only in that I don't think that Oklahoma City should be there. Does that make sense? Yeah, but they shouldn't be there. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, I I sometimes even forget Washington is in the league, to yeah. be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, well, let's go to Spurs. Uh, next five home games. They have a really interesting um, streak uh, of their next five home games. On March 1st, they play Indiana, uh, and uh, the Pacers come to town. So that's just right around the corner. Uh, should be a win there, in my, my opinion. But then they go on a nice little run here. They go on the 6th, they have the Rockets. Uh, come to town. Should be a great game. Uh, and then here's the run that I really want to talk about. The 11th, the 27th, and the 29th of March, they go Golden State, Cleveland, Golden State. So here's those other two Golden State games that are coming back. I fully anticipate it to be just vintage Popovich where one game he goes all in, plays all his players. The other game, everybody's resting, and you see a whole lot of Joel Anthony and, and uh, your boy Kyle Anderson. What do you think about how Popovich is going to play Golden State in these two games in March? How he's going to play Golden State? Uh, I, I have no idea. Which one's the – they're all home games, right, you said? Yeah, these are home. So it's two Golden State home games. But they go Golden State on the 11th, and then the next Spurs home game is against Cleveland on the 27th, and then it's Golden State on the 29th. Uh, that's going to be, I think the first Golden State game, I think the old guys might rest. I think he'll throw the young guys into the fire and see how, how they play. Um, you know, if DeJounte Murray, I, I think that's, if he can check Curry just a little bit, maybe better than Parker and Patty Mills, I think you might see progress into, you know, his minutes uh, getting up. I think you might see more Bertans, might see more of a dead man. Uh, maybe less of David Lee, but who knows? Uh, but then, really, I th- maybe the next game after that, that's where you're going to see really the old guys try to fight for their spot and see how much they have left. Because again, the what worries me is Tony Parker in that matchup. Tony Parker against Golden State, Steph Curry. If he's not guarding Steph Curry, who is he going to guard? Clay Thompson, or is he going to guard Kevin Durant or Draymond Green? I mean, it, it's such a horrible m- matchup for. Tony Parker, I could, I could even see Pop pulling. A, do you remember last uh, last season with Tim Duncan, where he uh, he came off the bench? Yeah, oh yeah. In one of the games, uh-huh. I could probably see that with uh, with Tony Parker at some point. Uh, you know, I don't know about starting Patty Mills. That's why I think Murray might get some minutes. So I, I think the the young bloods are going to play that first Golden State game, see how they do, uh, and then it'll be really up for grabs uh, for the old guys in the uh, in the next one. With Cleveland, I with, with Cleveland, I that, I think that's going to be a trap game. Uh, because they played so hard the first one when when they were uh, sort of uh, missing some personnel, where I think you know uh, they might take it easy on them or they they might play to the competition, you know, play less than so play down to them. I, yeah. So what in those five yeah. games? What do you what do you think they're going to go as far as record? Pacers, Rockets, Golden State, Cleveland, Golden State. 
I, I think they'll win the Pacers game uh, unless they get lazy again. The Rockets, I think they'll lose that one. I think they could go two and three. I, I, I also, yeah, I also had them going two and three, maybe. But what's the other win? You think that they win Golden State or Cleveland? Uh, well, I, I would have them win uh, the Rockets. Uh, what did I have? The Pacers. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I have them win. I have them winning uh, Pacers and Cleveland. But if, if they if they win another one to go three and two, I think it might be the Rockets. Yeah, I have them the same. I, uh, other than the Rockets win, I think it's Pacers, and I think that they can beat Cleveland. I I'm sad to say that I think that they lose both of those Golden State games. I mean, it would be interesting to see if they didn't. Because, I mean, it's kind of revenge, remember? This will be the next Golden State game since San Antonio beat them in the opener. So a bit of bit of revenge game there for Golden State. Um, and, and this is going to be huge because now the Spurs are going to, you know, after watching some game film. Because, remember, it was the first game of the season. Yeah. So they really didn't know what each one was going to do, even in preseason. I mean, you really don't give away your cards during the regular season, let alone preseason. So now we're going to see how Golden State is going to adjust to that pressure. Remember, Pop sort of still played that uh, pressure the big guy if they, if they try to go with the switch on a, on a, on a pick. Uh, you know, the, they played that bully ball down in the paint where they tried to offensive rebound. You know, are they are, are is Golden State going to slow the game down by having five guys trying to uh, defensive rebound, or are they going to run still? I mean, who knows? I think this is going to be the interesting game where we're going to see Golden State uh, if they're going to adjust, and if they don't adjust. That's going to be interesting, too, because, I mean, basically the Spurs can go off of that and the league's going to go off of that. You know, if they try to play really to their talent instead of really try to play that uh, play a strategy out there. So it's going to be interesting. There you go. That's the final word. So that's it for this episode of the Spurs cast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Spurs cast. Catch up with Jose at JRG 1023. Me, I'm at Ryan MC underscore PS. Uh, make sure to follow us or follow any of the Project Spurs folks. Get on over to ProjectSpurs.com. Jose, thanks a lot, man. Have a great weekend. And to you listeners, you're welcome. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.